Howdy, Rob Lee here, and we're going to get back to the truth in this art, but I want to do a little exercise with you. As you know, the truth in this art is an audio experience, so I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this time and visualize with me. I'm thrilled to reintroduce you to Forged Eatery, a true gem that captures the essence of farm-to-table dining in Baltimore. At Foraged Eatery, they have mastered the art of sourcing local and seasonal ingredients, resulting in a menu that will leave you in awe. Their commitment to quality and to flavor is simply unmatched. Picture yourself, see it's the visual, picture yourself uh, savoring their mushroom stew, a comforting and aromatic dish that transports you to a world of culinary bliss. The depths of flavor and the carefully selected ingredients will tantalize your taste buds. You can swap out and insert the focaccia, which is heavenly, or the irresistible cornmeal fried happy oysters. Each bite is a celebration of culinary mastery. Forged Eatery goes beyond being simply a restaurant. It's an immersive experience where the menu evolves with the seasons. Each visit promises a new and exciting experience for your taste buds, making every moment unforgettable. So, fellow food fans, fellow food lovers, it's time to discover the magic of Forged Eatery. Let their innovative approach to dining and their passion for locally sourced ingredients transport you to a world of culinary excellence. Don't miss out on an extraordinary dining experience. Plan your visit to Forge Eatery today and let your taste buds revel in the true flavors of the season. It's time to indulge in a gastronomic adventure that will leave you craving for more. For more information, visit ForgedEatery.com. Welcome to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I'm excited to be in conversation with my next guest, a composer, improviser, administrator, educator, showrunner, and most importantly, a human. They are the executive director and co-founder of Mind on Fire, a musical arts cooperative collaboratively presenting contemporary music in Baltimore and beyond. Please welcome James David Young. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much. That was very powerful putting your fist up there and saying, right, Rob Lee, welcome to the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's nice to be there. Uh, thanks for having me. There being here. Okay, we're doing this. It's happening. <laughs> uh, thank thank you for making the time. Thank you for coming on. And, you know, the, the name, you know, you, uh, Mind on Fire, all of this stuff has been like just floating around in conversation. So mm. before we get into sort of the, the main topic of today, I want to at least, you know, open it up and give you the space to, you know, introduce yourself to the audience for those who are undipped. And um, if you could uh, share an early experience that you found to be formative to the work that you're doing today. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, I am a I'm a strange little socially anxious ghost, so it doesn't surprise me that maybe no one knows who I am. Uh, but yeah, my name is James. I I came to Baltimore I think 13 years ago to attend the Peabody Conservatory where I got my doctorate there. Now I guess a decade ago. Um, but after graduating from there, I stuck around. Uh, getting like odd education and administration and music, like whatever you can do with the classical music degree jobs. Um, and I've, I've really enjoyed myself kind of exploring all of the various experimental music scenes of Baltimore, which are 
don't know. It's the 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 garden of Baltimore like music making is just it, it, incredibly like vibrant and diverse and amazing in a way that I it's it, that is exceptionally rare. Um, uh, it, like especially especially in North America so it's 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 kind of it's I'm caught as I've been told in the in the Baltimore vortex and I kind of enjoy being caught in the Baltimore vortex but no I'm originally from Texas so being up here in uh the north uh this is my consideration of the north is just like really exciting I uh I, I doubt I'll leave it thank you um Texas huh I don't yeah. know I Initially, it, it maybe it's the same as um, sort of our mutual acquaintance, Ian. That I was like, "You're you're European, right?" <laughs> immediately, the first like, "Yeah, you're, you're from like you know Denmark or something, right?" No, no. E, e, like, I mean, I do have a half of my family is from Denmark. A bunch okay. of Danish people found each other in Texas and then got married to each other. And eventually, uh, eventually, hello, I appear on the scene. But no, I grew up in Waco, Texas. Uh, which has no history or anything interesting to happen in that small town of Waco. Um, and I will take no questions about it or as many questions as you want to ask. I was <laughs> six um, when stuff went down there. Uh, but no, I have been kind of fearfully going from uh, educational program to other educational program until like, well, I guess I should uh, see what it's like in the in reality. And I found a very bizarre way to experience reality here in Baltimore, which I which I quite, uh, which I quite enjoy. Um, speaking of Baltimore, you asked me for like an early experience, right? That's kind of like influenced my work um, as as a kind of music administrator. And there's one, there's one thing that came to mind immediately, and um, it's uh, it was at the 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 H and H, rest in peace. But like the H and H for those unawares uh, earlier than your time was a. Um, really fantastic like multi-level uh live workspace of kind of like multiple like warehouse spaces and music studios and living studios of like amazing musicians and a decade ago or so <clears throat> i uh a friend told me about like the h and h it was like i guess 2013 so i'm like third year into my like strange doctorate and i um go to this like place downtown it's the middle of the night i hit a button uh on the door that i think is like the h and h building and i uh i get buzzed up and i've talked to no one i jump into like a graffiti ridden elevator and like i guess it's this floor um and then i get off the the elevator onto the fifth floor and um into just an incredibly beautiful uh vibrant vibrant like living room with like a huge kitchen and then also off to the side is a whole like complex of chairs set up like looking at a screen um and i am alone i don't know what's going on i'm like eh, who's i'd sit in a chair and i they're just in time for the like man off to the side to start his projections and he's doing these like electric analog projections on the screen of like it's kind of like an electric Rothko of uh like big blocks of color kind of like dissolving in and out of each other with like electric little lines coursing through and he, he's also playing the sound of the electricity 
that is going into the device. So it's like beautiful droning electric sound that's also changing. And I'm just sitting here transfixed in, it feels like I've kind of like walked into uh, like a different universe, a kind of like temple of like new art making and performance. Um, like my my main experience as a classical musician was like you go to a concert hall, you sit in an uncomfortable chair, and then people get on stage and they make sounds at you, and then you applaud them, and then you leave. Yeah. And this was just like it was so um, it felt it's almost ridiculous to say, but it felt so risky in this moment because I, I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea. It's like, what am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be doing things? I don't know. It's like, who am I supposed to be talking to? What is like, how long is this going to go? In fact, like, I remember the experience of it. I think it was just like, like maybe even only 20 minutes long. Like the entirety of the entire show was 20 minutes, but I was sitting there and I'm like, I wonder, and I was like feeling kind of like an itchiness come over me. It's just like, I wonder if this is about to end. Like, is this going to go forever? What's about to happen? And then it was done. And then it was just like suddenly done. I'm like, oh, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so I've been kind of like chasing. I've been, I've been, I, that was, that, that's kind of like nourished my addiction of like going to as many um, like esoteric and other types of like performative shows like throughout Baltimore. But it's also kind of nourished an addiction of like putting on those types of shows myself um, in town. It's like, it's, it's something that I am, I am constantly chasing and sometimes achieve and sometimes don't, but like the excitement of like landing on getting a bunch of people to agree to come to a space where they don't know what's going to happen and then reveal to them uh, something very exciting or inspiring is uh, something that I live for. Thank you. Wow. Um, it, it, the, when you set the stage initially, it reminded me of sort of the backdrop setting before you you mentioned what was off to the side it kind of gave me like david lynch vibes uh <laughs> panos cosmato vibes it's like on what's gonna happen are you here for your own like execution what are you describing and they don't know yes that's great no that's no, it's easy to think that sometimes it's just like until it's like until you open yourself up to the universe, you know, it's just like until until like the the warmth of like other suns like inhabits your body, it does feel like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, what am I doing? Oh, God. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I want to step back a little bit. We're definitely going to talk about Mount on Fire in a moment, Um. because like that, I think that's kind of where we're we're headed toward. But at least want to like talk about sort of that that early moment or that early period when you, you know, realized that you had an awareness or an interest rather you were aware of your interest in music and how that journey has like been moving from, you know, having sort of this interest and having sort of like the playing it and, and being involved in it and being an educational side, being in the performance space side of it, music administrator side of it now, and as, as well as still a musician. So, so talk about that journey a bit. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I grew up in a, a fairly musical household. Not that my not that my parents played instruments, they aspired to play instruments. But my my, you know, my dad was always embarrassed to sing in church. Um, and my mom played piano on the side. But it was really like my dad collected records. And he like built an audio system and like played played records like every night and I would like listen to whatever uh, early 20th century classical music he was playing. And that's what I, that's what I got into like as a kid and also as a teen, like, well, while everyone was like listening to like top 40 on the radio. I was listening to like, 
like Prokofiev and Mahler and Shostakovich, like some weirdo. Um, but there is always some, some aspect to that music um, that again, as, as an only child as well, it was, it, it kind of like sparked my imagination of just kind of giving me like a vision of like a paradise or like a different planet, like a different way of kind of experiencing reality and experiencing time through kind of the adventure or the journey of like storytelling through like esoteric abstract music and abstract art. And it's just like, I've, I've had the good fortune of experiencing that both like in recorded music and live music since then. And then uh, to sell myself out immediately, I loved going to musicals. My my parents had a subscription to the Dallas Summer Musicals, so we would go there with like the mom's side of my family. They like all live in Dallas for some reason. We would visit with the family, and then we'd go out to the musicals. And this is where I saw like fan of the opera and uh, the the musical Big or Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat or one of my uh, favorites, uh, Starlight Express, you know, cats except trains. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just like the it's so it's, it's so absolutely exhilarating to um, like watch people like on stage act with all of their body at you um, and then try to convince you that their weird little problem is incredibly important. And then to start singing, there's something just so incredible that will mutate your brain. If you see that at an early enough age, you're like, yeah, this is, this is life. This is like ultra life <laughs> happening right in front of me. So that, and um, being, being a good little like uh, indoor kid, I also got myself into um playing like tons, tons of video games. So it was like, strangely, like as strange enough, it was video game soundtracks, not movie soundtracks that got mm. me into kind of like the, the, the idea of composition. I know a lot of people like watch movies and are like, Oh, I want to do that. But it was like having uh, like playing a game and having the music kind of react to what you're doing. You know, it's like playing Mario brothers and then like everything's going great. The loop is hitting and then you die. And there's like a sudden transition of the music that is still like very engaging and exciting. And then you move on to like the dungeon and like the music changes again. And just like, it's like heightening and kind of like mellowing whatever the tension is like any point, you know, like Legend of Zelda, Final Fantasy, all these like great like video game soundtracks just yeah. uh, just I would like listen to for like hours and hours as I played through these things. And then eventually on that in that field, I came to a game called what was it? It was Mario Paint. Yeah. Where it's just like you could you could through like the Super Nintendo like paint little pictures, which was like the main aspect of it, but it also had a really terrible but like super fun composition program embedded in the video game it was really? like you could do like 40 bars of like four four three four time and like input little sound effects and like a diatonic key and i would do that for just days and days like saving little tiny compositions made up of like little car horn beeps or dog barks or like <laughs> whatever was going on it was the most fun thing in the world and i just that that never left that never left me it's giving me a little bit of the um, gene from uh, Bob's Burgers there when he has the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. For sure. It's like also it's like it it, it certainly engaged my desire for perfectionism. It was just like uh, like music was the thing that I could be good at and could excel at and be impressive at. So it's just like, ooh, keep this close. That can be my whole identity it can be music. 
like thankfully I found other ways of being, but that was the start. That was kind of like the engine of, uh, of, of making things happen. And that, and that sort of brief period where everyone was playing with like fruity loops in high school because everyone wanted to be a rapper and everyone who was smart wanted to be a producer. Uh, <laughs> I was like, man, I just want to be a producer so I can wear chains and just be vague and just be <laughs> weird about things. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah, right. come on over, come on over. Yeah, that's ten thousand dollars. You know, <laughs> I wanted to be that guy. Um, and I'm gonna have a weird request for you in rapid fire now. You told me about video games, so we got a weird request coming. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I look forward. I look forward. Um, so if you will, could you you know describe like your creative approach now, your process of of making music now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now much with my uh like other kind of uh, administrative and like presentational practice my compositional practice of like music making is is based a lot on trust and friendship and getting to like know other people like a lot of a lot of my music is um it's it's like even the slow music is fast. Like a lot of my music is fast. It's like the, the, my brain is constantly kind of like working through like whatever idea it's like, there's a lot of looping. There's a lot of kind of like obsessive, um, uh, 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 like motives occurring. There's a lot of like playing around with like, like the colors of music occurring. And, um, uh, it's, it's often like extremely difficult, like, like difficult to the point of like impossibility, like physical impossibility. So it's like a, an important part of the process for me is finding a person, finding a performer who's willing to go on that journey with me. And, and truly it's like my favorite thing to do is to write music for someone else and to be able to like through, um, like working with another person, try to create, um, try to create an artwork that is is better than what either of us could do alone like i could write notes down but it is in like the interpretation of those notes and the finding the like hard limitations of that notation that is where the art occurs like for instance if i'm asking um my friend Ty to play his saxophone as soft as possible up as high as he can possibly play, then those notes are going to begin cracking and kind of like dissolving. Like, you know, you, you think of like a lot of like early John Coltrane playing like up in the stratosphere and those, like those notes kind of disintegrating and cracking, but that sound is so euphoric and amazing and alive. That is the kind of the sound that I'm, I'm like hoping for and going for. And it's like finding people like um Ty who I've mentioned or like uh my like art 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 partner like Allison who's a singer just finding people who are willing to say like I might sound this might sound bad but maybe I don't know let's just try it out let's 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 flip around and and see what can like work out like in this moment and like finding finding those moments that could like potentially break apart and then don't is like incredibly um like exciting like music to, music to me like in in writing music as again like as as i've as i've as i've said earlier in this this very interview it was like there's like a a nice shroud of social anxiety that kind of like lives on my body at all times like music is the way that i'm able to like communicate and be vulnerable and like all of all of the music that i write is while kind of in an absurd lateral way, like deeply personal to like what's happening, like 
inside. It's kind of the way that I get like my ideas out there into the world. It's kind of a way that I like reveal my own little slice of like paradise or kind of like a kind of communal communication with yeah. other people. And when I'm able to find um, either like when I'm able to like be like with myself, present with myself in that journey of creation and then present with another performer who's interpreting that, that music or then present with a listener who is accepting that music and listening and paying attention. That's like, there's such an incredible rewarding, uh, level of connection that is it's, it's gold. You know, there's a, there's this Polish composer who is uh, now dead from like being too old, but his name was Witold Ludovolowski. And he referred to like the aspect of finding the, like that, member of the audience who listens to your music and it's just like oh i understand i get it he called that act soul fishing you know it's like mm. passing your line of like very like very gnarly music into the world and having someone like grab it and say like i understand i get this i see you and it's just like i love that that's what i love so i was like let's go as hard as possible and let's see who's like the little freak in the audience who's like yeah yeah i see i know what's going on there i see what you're doing that's what I live for yeah exactly that's that's fantastic and i you know look at what i'm doing here is a, a version of that where not everybody's going to get it not everybody wants to be a part of it it's sure very much a collaborative attempt you know of we're in the middle of it you know we've we've have not met before this we've exchanged a few emails <laughs> yeah <laughs> the way that i look at it is we may have seen each other in public because like baltimore small but right it's one of those things of like we get what we get and you know that's kind of what it is and really you know conversation could go left and it could be dumb it could be bad it could be whatever and some might say most of them are bad but i think i i definitely relate on you know if, if I was asked to do this, let's say in person, and if it'd be a different vibe, it'll be a different energy. It's going to be a little more nerves where I can have this sort of shield of protection here. Sure. But also having a person come on, talk about their work, be vulnerable and sharing this experience. And there's a degree of vulnerability. And I've been looking more and more like at this as a collaborative art project and right, right. collaborative art project and storytelling happens to be the medium. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely so without belaboring the point any further let's talk about mind on fire tell us about sure it. sure so like mind on fire was something um that i i started with like a number of uh like classical focused musicians back in like 2017. originally um it was kind of a harbor for a bunch of like classical music organizations to like kind of like get together and like pool resources and etc but that became too complicated so what it became was a kind of like presenting organization for um like mainly classical music mainly like new classical music kind of like trying to tap into a type of music that i was not hearing in baltimore that i felt very like passionate about and um then quickly evolved from there. Um, like originally it was just going to be a vector of like hearing different types of music. And then all of a sudden on our first show, we had uh, a, a puppet troupe and like a poet, like also on that show with us playing um, like a bunch of like different classical music pieces. Um, 
And that unlocks something for me of just like the type of show that I want to produce is the show that is like bringing a bunch of, um, uh, forming a bunch of connections between like various uh, like art forms from like similarly minded artists. And a lot of the time I found myself, uh, this is not necessarily the best news for uh, grant writing, but it is uh, exciting to me of just like having having trouble explaining exactly what like mind on fire is as a concept without kind of describing uh, what it is that the organization like does. Um, like right now it's uh, it's, there is like a certain, there's a certain mode of like classical music making that like we all think of in our heads when like the word, the words classical and music are placed together in like a phrase. And we think of like the Baltimore symphony orchestra, we think of going to like a, like multi multi-million dollar concert hall and like dressing up as nice as we can and sitting in again uncomfortable seats and sitting in front of like an incredibly tall stage and watching like a bunch of like top tier wild musicians getting paid like enormous amounts of money to play uh the works of like dead white europeans and there is there is an excitement to that surely of just like the pomp of that is exciting but it's also it's also often like very dead there's there's a level to it that is like not the life that i experience of just like everything i told you about like living and connecting and um being in concert with like other human beings around me that just does not currently exist in like the hegemony of like current classical music making where i want there to be um, an outlet for music that is alive. It's just like Mind on Fire uh, only plays classical music by living composers, uh, or I should say, ninety-five percent of this. Like, I don't, I don't want to be too absolute about it. Ninety-five percent of the music we play is by living composers, and like since the beginning, we've always like put on shows with like other performers and and performing artists and like the Baltimore DC community um, because. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun not only to bring like these art forms together, but bring the audiences of these art forms together. Like Mind on Fire, it's a it's a community project. It's a community art project that uh, is trying to suppose a like different mode of presenting this type of music, of presenting these art forms, of, pre of presenting experimental esoteric art differently. Like you know, paying musicians, like having someone like. Uh, like making sure people are taken care of, like making sure that like somebody knows where everyone's supposed to go. You know, it's just like making like, like putting the structure and the systems in place to kind of like fight for um, a different, like a different type of communal universe when it comes to music making. That's not that that's like that is funded by like grants and donations and not as much of just like audience buy-in or necessarily patronage yeah. um and that is that's where that's where the beauty of it is that's where that's that's where I really that's where i love the organization why i continue to like do work in it is that i believe that there there is like there's the, the potential is there to kind of 
in some in in some way as much as i possibly can be within a nonprofit system under capitalism try to be a like more anti-capitalist sort of organization like in like an organization that can uh like that 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 can exist as not a like move fast break things but to use the phrase once again as like a a garden with seasons with times of like with times of rest and with times of great vibrant growth and allow like everyone to kind of like have a say within that like growing and it's slow it's slow going but it's like necessarily slow to like maintain a level of like health and um uh stability which is like you know year by year <laughs> uh minus the uh past couple has been kind of like a step towards like further and further stability which i appreciated thank you wow that's that's great and i have definitely some follow-up questions on that and um but yeah I, I i love hearing it and yes the example that you were providing earlier uh of uncomfortable seat uh all of these musicians i can, I can really speak on that because i've been going to listen to more classical music recently and i was like can these cheers be a little better like i i'm six four right so <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no you're doomed you're doomed the moment you step into a hall like what if you were allowed what if you could just stand up you know what if you could sit down and then you could just like i'm uncomfortable i'm going to stand up and stand to the side wouldn't that just be wouldn't is it's so easy to do why isn't that not a thing that people can do i just want to get in the aisle and kaepernick it a little bit just take the knee and just look at like oh, yeah, this is great <laughs> but, yes, yes. But, but i'll say like there there has been some attention and it's funny because i've spoken to more like people that are in this more fine art oriented side of music on the, the classical side conductors composers things of the sort and it's just like oh okay yeah i kind of kind of understand this and for the longest time it felt sort sort of rarefied like oh this isn't for me and i was like no I, this is like the only live music i've gone to in the last like year has been like you know this sort of music Mm -hmm. oh definitely mm -hmm. it's a it's a different vibe and kind of picking up on norms and also i watch tar so there's another thing and there you go <laughs> oh i was like gosh. oh that's what that is and my partner was like don't act like you know anything i was like i know it all <laughs> i mean ooh, not to go down the tar hole but Yo. watching that movie <laughs> felt like oh my god how do they know how do they know this how did they find out all of this is true. This is wild. So chills. One of the greatest like cinematic endings, maybe, of all movies. Yo. Everyone see Tar, everybody. It <laughs> felt like like it's been in rare movies in the last few years where I'm like, oh, you know, I know these people. And it's like, no, you heard about that scandal about Lydia Tar, right? That's what it felt like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's sure. kind of that's kind of how I felt a little bit uh, about the I think previous year with um, that movie Drive My Car or what have you. I was like, yeah, I know all of these people in this play, man. It's good, man. They, they'll get it right. And I like, <laughs> I've been watching this movie for four hours. I was like, these are people. <laughs> but it's just literally like a testament to it. And I think with, with that sort of comparison, that you know, it's it's something that. I've always had an interest in whether it be sort of classical music or even like theater, right? Because that's what you know ultimately drive my cars about. Um, one of the big parts of it. And just feeling like, oh, this isn't for me, but being able to 
have it presented in sort of a different way, maybe through having these conversations and speaking to to people who are like really funny, you know, it's like, oh, this is what you do. And then being able to have some humor around that, it right. makes it less rarefied and it kind of pulls in like, now I'm more interested in it. And right. then seek out media that's representative of it to have sort of those end jokes about it. Right. Yeah. It's an, it's an art form that requires an enormous number of people to like make happen. Like in order to play a symphony, you need like, you know, at minimum 15, but like usually need around 60 people. Not that I'm like bringing in like companies of 60 people, but I still need to know like a ton. I need, I need to know people. I need, I need to like get out there and like, you know, witness some art being made then tell a person like i really like what you do will you will you do it on a show that i put on and put together and they'll say like yeah sure i guess you seem you seem you seem nice enough um but it's like for it's it's forming it's forming forming those bonds is like the art and then like the the um exemplification of that art is then in like the mind on fire like concert and and to, to to get people to come to a show, why not have the show like in like an alternative space, such as like 2640 or uh Lamondo or a current space or the compound, uh, like any of these like artist run like spaces that are like really working very hard to kind of like provide uh, uh new support systems for like all sorts of like little weirdos and weirdos in training um all around all around the city it's and and making it like making a welcoming space is like such a big such a big part of like all of this um it's like if 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 someone's going to come to a show i want them to feel like they um i want them to know how excited i am that they're there i want them to know how happy that i am you know it's like i always i always make a point of like ta- saying at least a few words before a show like just like welcoming everyone and telling them a little bit about what they're going to hear instead of just having like the art exist you know it's just like there's there's so much that can be gained from just like saying a sentence before like whatever it is the presentation is or just like why why are we seeing this right now why is this here why is this connected to this other thing and then everyone it's like what I have found is that folks will go along with it. Folks, like when you when you're just like, hey, could you please listen to this? And they'll say, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot for 30 minutes, which is about as long as like most things are anyway. It's like you can do anything for 30 minutes, right? Yeah, well, that's a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. So, Within reason. We can be reasonable. So, you know, re- again, you know, relatively short time, you 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 touched on like, you know, 2017 and you have sort of those blank years the COVID stuff or what have you, where it's been, yeah, things have been different. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but during this, this sort of time, this existence, you know, you you guys have collaborated with a diverse range of artists from somatic artists, poets, puppeteers, actors, filmmakers, and a large array of musicians. Like what is your sort of like take on collaboration and creative exchange? Like why is it important and what is it like collaborating with, so many different types of artists. And I say that that way because I have my own side of it as well. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's like there's, it's it's like ultimately in service of um, like the creation of like new ways of thinking. It's just like art making um, and like a big reason why like so many of us make art is to engender like empathic pathways to kind of to kind of get get folks like to like not necessarily convince anyone of anything but just to like 
you know, get someone to like try to understand, like try to gain understanding through like performance practice, through kind of like abstract making. And the more different types of like artistic expression that you kind of like run across, it's like the 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 very the, the greater number of tools you have and this like like empathy chest that you're just like slowly building. So it's like working with and and every it's very exciting like every artist has their different way of like prepping of like of of kind of like getting into the zone and like presenting themselves and existing within a space that is like completely different than like what i'm used to just like there is like one one performance artist that we worked with uh i had everything prepped for uh them to like present their work uh just like do you want to do a rehearsal or anything and they're just kind of like leaning back at you like no i'm i'm good there's like super casual like just you know i i remember them like eating an orange and just being like really cool and just like what's okay cool it's like and just like in my it's like no you have to do a run through we have to figure out if everything works and then of course it's like they get onto stage and their character changes and become like a completely different creature and then like engage with every single audience member like one by one or it's the i've, I've worked with like other artists who we've like set up kind of like a wicker throne for and they've sat in it kind of like meditated for a while and then like delivered their artwork and then there's other artists who've been like very shy and standoffish and other artists who are like very engaged and excited to know what is happening all around them at all points in time and like finding ways to like allow all of these people or give these people the space to like activate their art form and kind of engage with like all these different artists and then allow and then and then like assist these artists in engaging with like the audiences that they're that we've brought to whatever show that we're putting on is I don't know, it's really exciting. I feel like every every time a show happens, there's like a level of like I have no idea what's going to occur. It's like I have an idea of what's going to occur. Like I know what the art is, but I don't know exactly what the art is. And I don't know if it's going to work. But like so far it's so far it's worked. So far it's like so far it seemingly continues to kind of like work out and um it's only kind of like strengthened my 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 general like love of um like all of these different folks and all the different ways that like we kind of are express ourselves as like human beings like it just kind of like continues to like open up my mind to like all of uh all of the myriad ways that we like communicate with each other so it's just like it becomes it has just become easier and easier and easier for me to listen and that's so rewarding at least to me and very exciting um and I, i'm really enjoying it it's wonderful thank you um so this is almost a appetizer for the rapid fire portion this this last question um so um in let's say two to three words what does successful collaboration in cultural exchange well creative exchange uh look like it looks like setting a space where listening can occur cheated there but all right i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> I'm, for, I'm verbose i'm verbose you, you answered it like an artist which i i, I appreciate it's like hey here's the here's the uh, parameters now nah, i'm gonna do something different <laughs> it's like sky of the blue nah nah it's probably i try to i try to do my worst when i can i appreciate that yeah so 
that's kind of the real podcast, the real interview. And, and thank you for indulging. Now, for all of the goodwill we've established, you know, all the yucks we've had, as it were. <laughs> now we're going to get to some rapid fire questions. Don't overthink them. Uh, and I told you that one ridiculous one. I'm going to save that one for last because I think it's funny. Sure thing. Uh, so here's the first one. What is your favorite meal? A hamburger. Man, a good hamburger. Oh, my God. It's a very Texas thing you just said. That's true. <laughs> Beef. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your go-to pastime? Um, taking a walk. Taking a walk through the woods. You know, walk through Wyman Park. I'm pretty close to Wyman Park these days. Go down there. Mm. Nice little stroll. Yeah, a little stroll. Creative juices flowing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's the last book you read? Ooh, what is the last? I read Carmen Maria Machado's uh, memoir about a terrible relationship that she went through. Oh, so good. Called The Dream House. The Dream House, got it. So you briefly mentioned that connection between music and color. Could you tell me what your favorite color is, and is that color associated with a musical genre? Um, I wish I could answer the second one with a yes, but my favorite color is pink. Like, beautiful, hot vibrant blinding pink okay yeah okay a little good and plenty pink i dig it yeah right maybe it's just maybe that sound maybe the genre is just a trumpet blaring in your face at all times (laughs) mine's is gray i don't know what that says about me musically but (laughs) it's definitely gray uh so this is the last one i got for you and this is this comes as a request so you know super mario brothers right sure (laughs) Yeah. It earlier. One of the greatest. <laughs> there is a very uh, stress-inducing sound that happens in that game. Can you hum a few bars of that for us? <laughs> stress-inducing sound? And I think you know what I'm talking about. It's maybe uh, a certain level of the game. Oh, a certain level of the game. What are you talking about? Are you talking about like when everything, when maybe when you're about to run out of time, da 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 when you fall, when you fall into a hole, <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I was immediately thinking of da You're dead forever. Oh shit! That's that's great. I mean, I I listen to a fair amount of sort of that eight bit. Maybe it's for I think it's for Street Fighter though. Like if you want to get me jazzed up, put on like the theme for like. Ken or Ryu, or even like, oh. just go off, King. You know, just give. I know. Up. <laughs> for for me, if I want to have a really incredibly silly mood, it's the Marvel versus Capcom two soundtrack. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, like you want to take me for a ride. It's like I do. I would like to take you for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much it for the uh, for the pod. Um, and I want to thank you for coming on, spending a little time with me. Yeah, absolutely, thank you so much. Absolutely. And um, I'm going to open it up again. Um, shameless plug portion. Uh, let the fine folks know where to check you out, where to check out Mind on Fire, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Absolutely. You can find us at www.mindonfire.org, and that will lead you to most of the things that we do. You can find us on Instagram at MOF Baltimore. You can find, uh, find us at um Facebook on I'll use Facebook a little less. Oh yeah. At mind on fire music. Um, and that should lead you to most of the things that we do. Give us a follow on Instagram though. That's where I, that's where I normally talk. 
And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank James David Young from Mind on Fire for coming on to the podcast and chatting with me, spending a little time. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art and culture in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it. 